Welcome beyond our focus. I'm Stefan. This is Amanda, and this is Let's Palaver about the drawing of the three. Stephen King book. Dark Tower. Dark Tower. There you go. The Dark Tower <laughs> book. The second Dark Tower book by Stephen King. Today is Monday, the twenty eighth. Yes. <laughs> the twenty eighth. So the last Monday of the month. I almost the said mo- the year again. <laughs> We're back in December again. It's difficult. It's hard. <laughs> Go on, it's okay. Episode. I still want to write 2018 on things. I'm pretty good about that, but I don't write the date very often. So, well, my pri- it's not really tw- if I have to write the full date like 20 something, I can remember 2019. But if I'm just doing like 01 slash 29 slash, and a lot of times we'll put 18. I'm like, that. that's not right anymore. No, no, we're definitely not there. Mm. You have a few months in, everybody will convert over. It's hard. It's difficult. Hard Just thing. start writing 2020. You'll be ahead. So, we are in, what, part three, chapter four? Yes. <laughs> the last official chapter yes. of the book. So, it'll be chapter four, and then it'll be final shuffle, which we're going to do right along with chapter four. Shuffle, shuffle. Since it's like... Five pages long or something. Do the shuffle. We don't want to do a shuffle. No one wants to do a shuffle. We're not doing shuffles. No shuffles. Do, 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 do. Oh, that's the hustle. The hustle. The shuffle, the hustle. The hustle. We're doing something. Yeah. Cha cha. Cha cha. Smooth. <laughs> that's real smooth. <laughs> Alrighty. Where, where are we starting? Where are we starting? So, what we ended with last time is Roland in Mort's body. He has just robbed a pharmacy. Yep. And he left a gold watch as payment for everything. For everything, as in the one bottle of K-Flex. Yes, which I, I'm still confused about that. But he grabs a bunch of ammunition and only one bottle. You'd think maybe well, I might there's need... hundreds of doses in there. He's like... <laughs> He may need another it's bottle at some insane. point in time. Well, I agree. When is but... the last time, or when, it, as far as he knows, this is the last time he's ever going to be going through a door. So you'd think, I'll bring two just in case someone else gets bit. Too much. Roland, what kind of gunslinger are you? Think ahead. Think ahead. You get ammunition, but not medicine. Ammunition is important. you got to kill things. <laughs> yeah. you got to heal yourself, though. No. It's not important. So... We jump right back in. I knew I forgot something. Page numbers, notes, anything? I have notes. Oh, okay. (laughs) They're just on my phone. Oh. Which is always a pain. So what you're saying is like the last episode was the first time you remembered to print your notes and the last time you remembered to print your notes. Oh, sweet. This is still recording. All right. We're getting there. We're getting there. We were so proud of you last time. I, I did it for a few times, okay? It wasn't only the last time. There we go. We'll get there. All right. Yay! Bam! Okay, so we open up on... I mean, they do kind of mention, you know, Eddie still trussed up and dying. But um, <laughs> otherwise, it jumps right back into Officers o- O'Mara and... Delavan? That would be my assumption. Delavan. Delavan. 
I keep wanting to say De- Devilin, but it's the B is not in the right place. So. Yeah. Delavin coming um, groggily back to consciousness in a world from which Eddie had been taken. Dun, dun, dun. Good old fat Johnny wants out of the handcuffs. <laughs> and the first one that, like, oh, uh, Omera is waking up faster, of course. He just kind of got a little bump to the head. And the first things he notices, he's getting the gun. Yep. And it, just a whole world of weight and panic just settles in. Like, well. <laughs> yep, holster's gone, gun's gone, bullet's gone. <laughs> And of course, you know, he he wants to just threaten Fat Johnny, but how can he do that without guns? Just... I can't shoot him or anything because <laughs> he doesn't have a weapon to actually shoot him with. Um, so he, he pretty much kind of just gets himself up, finds the gun that Roland had discarded. And uh, I, I love that part because, you know, for some reason... Fat Johnny thinks it's a great idea to remind this police officer who just got his butt handed to him that that's his weapon. Yeah. So he shouldn't take it. Yeah, his weapon, which we clearly went over. He didn't have a permit for <laughs> or anything else. And he's in handcuffs. Come, get, Fat Johnny, shut up. <laughs> he's like, hey, that's mine. And yeah, you want it back? <laughs> The cops just got the butt handed to him. Don't, 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 don't. Just let them be. Yeah. He, he reminds them how much, you know, you know, people like the Fat Johnny in prison. So they should probably, he probably should just stop right there. Yeah. And. Mm, better cushion for the, uh, better pushing or whatever. <laughs> better uh, cushion for the pushing. Yes. Mm. And the so. The better the pushing. Yeah, and so he kind of just turns away, and he's he's crying to himself, and he still has his pants all wet, and, you know, he, Omer doesn't care. No, he not even really a little bit. really doesn't care. And that's when, uh, you know, Delavan starts to kind of wake, wake up, and he got the worst of it. Oh, he got the worst of that little head bump. He's bleeding on the side of the head, and... He's having a problem with his balance. He can't stand up straight. Everything looks tilted. He's seeing two of stuff. He's but he's pissed. Oh, yeah. he, of course he's pissed. <laughs> he has the uh, the temper out of the two of them. Hmm. I ask you a question: How long has the mother effer been gone? <laughs> Five minutes, maybe. Fat Johnny said dully. Five minutes. Donovan thought. The guy had come in a cab, sitting in their little cruiser and drinking coffee. They had seen him get out of the... Well, cabs were hard to come by because it's been rush hour. Yeah. And they assume he's probably not that far. No. I, they assume that he, he's probably, you know, is still within reach. And uh, they're like, nope, we're, we're going after him. We're going after him. That's fine. And not... Uh, Two seconds after they get out the door to the police, get towards the police cruiser, do they hear code nineteen? <laughs> shots fired! Shots fired! Robbery in progress. Code nineteen. Code nineteen. Location, and of course, we know where it's at. It's not far. It's just around the corner. Yeah. We also uh, then, of course, this this has gotten a lot worse because they know the cops know that he has their guns. Yep. So if he's killed people with their guns, whoo. They're in trouble. Unless they're Massive. able to get him, they're they're done. They're done for. Yeah. 
So they head off and they, of course, end up at the grocery store or pharmacy or whatever you want to call it. I think it was a pharmacy inside a grocery store, wasn't it? I don't remember. I think it's just a pharmacy. Oh, like Walgreens, maybe? Yeah, I'm thinking more like a Walgreens. Maybe there's other stuff there, but yeah, it's primarily, I mean, the purpose is the pharmacy, but... So yes, they end up there. Pedestrians are pretty much kind of just hiding everywhere, but no one's like, you know, everyone's just kind of stopping and waiting to see what happens. I think Roland multiple. He calls it what a um, alchemist shop or something. Yes, he keeps calling it yeah, alchemist, alchemist shop. shop. Yeah, <laughs> that's all it could be. But uh, of course, they they're pretty much just like. We just hope he's here. We hope he is still here. And I just like how they ended that section. What what neither understood was that when you were dealing with the gunslinger, it was better to leave, or it was usually better to leave bad enough alone. Yeah, they don't don't get it. They don't get that. They probably shouldn't mess with the gunslinger. He's, okay, he pretty much just... He walks into a gun store, handles that situation just, whew, then pretty much Slick just tells a straight lie to a bunch of, to two police officers, hands them just everything, and then walks out and robs a pharmacy. I think it's just better to be like, call back up, maybe just wait it out a minute. No. Their, their rage. No. Uh, the one thing pride. we didn't mention was that, unless it hasn't happened. Hmm. No, I think it has happened. Uh, when they were going to the car, they grabbed uh, the other one, grabbed a shotgun. Well, no, that's what he said, is that um, Roland, or uh, he, no, I keep saying his name wrong. I don't even, Omera has the gun that Roland discarded, and then Delavan told him, that's fine, I have a shotgun underneath the dash. Mm-hmm. So he got it from the vehicle itself. Mm-hmm. And so they pretty much just pull up and Roland, of course, takes one step out, sees what's going on. The first thing he notes is that it felt really good to have a gun in his right hand again. Cause in his full right yes. hand. Or a full right hand. Yeah. Not even really his. Nope. In a whole right hand. And then, of course, he sees them coming and he's like, them. He <laughs> began to raise his gun when he remembered they were gunslingers. Gunslingers doing their duty. He turned and went back into the alchemist shop. Yes. To which Delavan's like, hold it. <laughs> and then, you know, he just... He's not going to hold it? No. No. Um, Roland pretty much just still... He, he kind of... It, it made it sound like he was not... He kind of was still like in the doorway of the shop still. Like, not quite all... Like, it says he went back into the alchemist shop, but mm-hmm. obviously he didn't make it far before they... But yeah, so they pretty much just... He he puts one in the chamber and Roland hits the floor. Just... He knows what's about to happen. Yep, because... Uh, <laughs> I think that little section... Yeah. But, uh, Cats... Cats and the other kid ducked on the floor yeah. too behind the counter. Which, That's all that part's important. Yeah, Cats, uh, Cats is the pharmacist, if you don't remember from last time. And he, of course, is always cursing his family for having to stay at the shop. And now he gets his jaw broken. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. his assistant just lands right on top of him. 
Cats again called upon God to rot his father for chaining this curse of a drugstore to his ankle in the first place. Yeah. So pretty much, the guy just opens fire on the place. This is a police officer yes. just open fires with into a scatter shotgun. Yes. Into a drugstore with innocent people in it. Yes, Roland is literally like, they can't know if there are still innocent people in here or not, he thought. They can't know, and yet they used a scatter rifle just the same. It was unforgivable. Mm-hmm. I'm not very happy about that. He no. felt anger and suppressed it. They were gunslingers. Better to believe their brains had been addled by the head-knocking they'd taken than to believe <sighs> they'd done such a thing knowingly without a care for whom they might hurt or kill. And he starts doing some stealthy things. He doesn't just, you know, he he starts to do just a nice little crawl towards the door and just waits right next yeah, to it. Going across the glass is the <laughs> pain. Wakes good old Jack Mort back up. Yes. It brings Jack Mort back to consciousness. He was glad Mort was back. He would need him. As for Mort's hands and knees, he didn't care. He could stand the pain easily, and the wounds were being inflicted on the body of a monster who deserved it, deserved no better. Yeah. <laughs> Still not a fan of Mort there at all. No. So, yes, he, he pretty much is just hiding behind, or hiding right underneath a window that's right next to the door. Yes. He holstered his gun, which had been in his right hand. He would not need it. And then we get a little voice of reason. Omera is literally screaming at him, like, what are you doing? Because he realized, you know, someone just, oh, cop kills four in West Side Drugstore snafu would just get them. Oh, no, no. Oh, you yeah. want to talk about bad to worse. <laughs> so he tries, and Delavan's like, nah, we're going in. It had happened exactly as the gunslinger had hoped it would. So they just kind of just charge right in. They don't care. They're just wanting to get him. And it's just fury and pride and everything. So they just walk right in and... Roland takes care of it pretty much. <laughs> Sneaks behind, I think, the one with the shotgun first. Yes. And uh, knocks him out. Yep. He, the gunslinger rose, his hands laced together in a single fist... And brought it down on the nape of Officer Carl Delavan's neck. While testifying before the investigating committee, Delavan would claim he remembered nothing. After all, after kneeling down in Clemens and seeing the perps of wallet under the counter, the committee members thought such amnesia was, under the circumstance, uh, pretty convenient. And Delavan was lucky to get off with a sixty-day suspension without pay. But Roland knew. Roland, Roland, of course, knows everything. So he's like, he didn't even sympathize with it. He's like, you guys decided to shoot on a drugstore. Yeah, I, I have no pity. So it says, when you got your skull busted twice in half an hour, a few scrambled brains were to be expected. Yeah, Scrambled brains, yeah. Convenient amnesia because it really <laughs> needs to be convenient. No. Yeah. So he pretty much takes the rifle from him. Omera is like, freeze. And Roland just kind of, he, he, like you, your favorite 
your favorite point of view from Roland is the gunslingers of this world were pitifully slow. Pitifully slow. <laughs> that was actually one of my notes. Yes, he was pitifully slow. <laughs> he could have shot Omera three times, but there was no need. He simply swung the scattergun in a strong climbing arc. There was a flat smack as the stock connected with Omera's left cheek, the sound of a baseball bat connecting with a real steamer of a pitch. Ow. So Omera's knocked out too. Oh, yeah. yeah. It says it would take three operations and four steel pegs to put him together again. Pegs or pins? Pegs. Pegs, huh? Yeah, steel pegs. Steel pegs. Hmm, that's interesting terminology there. Either way, just... Mm. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. He would be feeling that the rest of his days. Mm. What little days he had actually left. So, yeah, so Roland is just, he he's in his zone. He can't really hear the sirens outside. He breaks the rifle. He ejects all the cartridges onto Delavan's body. And then he dropped the gun itself and is like, you're a dangerous fool who should be sent west. He told the unconscious man, you have forgotten the face it's of your father. father. And then he just steps over him and just walks out. <laughs> they're, just, they're done. They're done this time. We're not... No more concerns with these guys. Nope. And climbs into the cop vehicle, which he calls a carriage. Yes. Can you drive this carriage? And, of course, Jack Mort is inside his mind, screaming like a little baby, and Roland knows it's fake. Yes. To which he threatens to put Jack Mort's thumb through Jack Mort's Left eye or whatever it is. Yeah, it's right eye. Right eye. I am going to put your right thumb into your right eye, and I will jam it in as far as it will go, and then I'll pull your eyeball right over your head and wipe it on the seat of this carriage like a booger. I can get along with one eye just fine, and after all, it isn't as if it were mine. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I'm not concerned with this. And because... Uh, it pretty much just says, it says, this was, after all, not a joining of bodies, but the ultimate meeting of minds. Meaning that he couldn't, even if he was bluffing, he couldn't bluff or hide a lie from Jack Mort, because Jack Mort could feel it. So when Roland says this, Mort knows immediately, Roland's not kidding. Is Roland really almost ever kidding about anything, <laughs> ever? His sense of humor. So Mort decides that, oh, I can drive it. I can take you. Where do you want to go? The village. We'll be able to get there faster if he turns on the sirens. Yeah. Which is true. But it still took them, I think, is it 20 minutes to get there? 20 minutes. And so he pretty much just kind of pulls back a little, lets Mort take over. Knows that Mort's really not going to pull anything at this point. (laughs) And it says... I, I love how he said it because he's like, he would have been standing on the balls of his feet ready to just launch back into control if there was any sign of mutiny, but there was none. This man had killed and maimed God knew how many innocent people, but he had no intention of losing one of his own precious eyes. Nope. So then, yes, it took them 20 minutes to reach Greenwich Village. And Eddie's De- Eddie Dean was losing hope. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the longer it takes, he's still sitting down there by the ocean, not doing so well. <laughs> the sea had eaten half the sun. 
So pretty much Jack pulls up in the vehicle and is like, what do you want me to do? We're here. Yeah, and he says, some years ago, I don't know how many, you pushed a young woman in front of a train in one of those underground stations. That's the one I want you to take me to. And Mort loses it. You know how to know. You know how to... <laughs> it's, he, he explains it as though Jack is kind of like Odetta in the sense of being able to push things aside, but he's not he's not schizophrenic. He just kind of does these things and pushes it to the back of his head so he can live with himself, pretty much. And now that he's coming to the conclusion that, oh, someone knows about me, I am facing this part of myself, and it's officially gotten me screwed over. I am now being faced to force the consequences of what I've done. And he's not so happy, so he starts thrashing. <laughs> To which Roland says, once again, take me there, you bastard, the gunslinger repeated. He slowly raised the thumb towards Mort's right eye again. It was less than half an inch away and still moving when he gave in. So he he takes him there. He, oh my goodness. And now we enter two new police officers, Andrew Staunton and Norris Weaver, who were a lot younger, a lot more fit. They are definitely not the same police officers we just met. Not even a little bit. No. Not even a little bit. So they kind of just see the car pull up and are like, hey, look who it is. And then they're kind of like, why is they parking so weird? And then, wait, that's not that. That's not them. No, that's <laughs> definitely not them. Says... Approach with extreme caution, the dispatcher had said. This man is armed and extremely dangerous. Yes. Yes, yes. Extremely had stuck to his consciousness like a blur. But yes, I, I, I like... The reason why I like this, the reason why I like these two officers is because throughout their little scene that they have... They are compared to Roland, or how Roland would actually like these gunslingers. Like, they're, they're a lot more. They're closer to what gunslingers would be. Yes. Versus the other two cops. Yes. It says they stepped out of the doorway in perfect tandem. Gunslingers Roland would have recognized at once as adversaries much more dangerous than the first two. They were younger, for one thing, and although he didn't know it, some unknown dispatcher had labeled him extremely dangerous. Extremely. And to Andy Staunton and Norris Weaver, that made him the equivalent of a rogue tiger. If he doesn't stop the second I tell him to, he's dead, Andy thought. But, of course, Roland does not freeze. He tries to bolt and... Of course. Oh, yeah. And... And he's like, nope, I told him. Bam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he shoots Roland. He definitely shoots Roland. He swiveled on his heels, feeling a cloak of emotionless coldness drop over him. Roland would have known this, too. He had felt it many times in similar situations. So, once again, they're just comparing how this these people feel more like Roland. And, uh, yeah, Roland goes down. Yeah, he goes down. He goes down. Eyes closed and acting like he's been killed. Yeah. Uh, I'm dead, Jack Mort was screaming. I'm dead. You've gotten me killed. I'm dead. Roland's just like, no. <laughs> no. 
the gunslinger's point. Through slitted eyes, he saw the cops approaching, gun still out. Younger and faster than the ones who had been parked near the gun shop. Faster, and at least one of them was one hell of a shot. Yes. They should have been dead, dying, or seriously wounded. They had shot to kill. And it's a, it pretty much says, The life of both men, the one inside and the one outside, were saved by Mort's lighter. Yes, his $200 silver lighter. Which he bought to impress his boss and his boss's boss. Yes, so pretty much that when they're like, oh, I'm having a cigarette, he can just whip it out and be like, here, let me help you. Doobies covered all the bases. Of course, and doobies. doobies don't bees. Bees. Oh my goodness. Very important. Yes. It says, Staunton's bullet smashed the silver lighter instead of Mort's heart. Which was generic. Mort's passion for brand names, good brand names, stopped mercifully at his skin. He was just, he was hurt just the same, of course. So pretty much it struck the lighter. The light, the lighter not only, of course, dipped into his skin, but shattered. So you have shrapnel as well. And then, of course, you have a very combustible liquid. (laughs) Most definitely. The shrapnel tore, like, one of his left nipple almost in two. Yeah. And then, of course, like you said, a bullet hitting something does a lot of damage. So it's, like, implanted into his skin, and then it starts to get hot and combust, and then Mort's like, I'm on fire! Yes. You have metal hitting metal, and you have highly combustible liquid inside said metal, and it's just, it's not going well. Just, no. No matter how much, Mort is screaming on the inside. The gunslinger. Yes, cool. Let's get going. <laughs> he was trying to ignore the coal suddenly glowing against his chest and the smell of frying flesh. You go, Roland. So as a foot slid beneath his ribcage, and when it lifted, the gunslinger allowed himself to roll boneless onto his back. Jack Mort's eyes were open. His face was slack. That's just... Roland's good. Roland's good. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> so it re- the, pretty much, yeah. It's he. It, the, the fire is getting worse. And he... The officers this entire time are pretty cool with this. They're like, okay, shove the guy over. Oh, he's clearly dead. Clearly. I mean, he yeah. shot him. He went down. People don't fake die. Come no. on. And while the guy is looking on them, not only did was this probably his first kill, but suddenly he realized he set the guy on fire somehow. And it freaks him out. So he makes his first mistake of the yep. entire encounter. It says, Andy Stanton, who had performed faultlessly thus far, now made his only mistake. One for which court would have sent him home with a fat ear in spite of the early admirable performance. Telling him, telling him one mistake was all it took to get a man killed most of the time. Stanton had been Able to shoot the guy. A thing no cop really knows he can do until he faces a situation where he must find out. But the idea of the bullet somehow set the guy on fire filled him with unreasoning horror. So he bent forward to put it out without thinking. And the gunslinger's feet smashed into his belly. Before he had time to do more than register the blaze of awareness in the eyes of who he was swore were dead. 
So pretty much Staunton goes flying back into his partner. His partner is able to control his gun a little bit, but as soon as he can, you know, get a shot, suddenly his gun's gone. Just bang. He hears a gunshot, his gun's flying, and his hand hurts. And he's like, I, I, I don't know what just happened. <laughs> and so the guy in the blue suit got up, looked at them for a moment, and said, You're good. Better than the others. So let me advise you. Don't follow. This is almost over. I don't want to have to kill you. Then he whirled and ran for the subway stairs. No, don't, don't make Roland have to do anything. <laughs> Roland. He's being nice. Roland throughout this entire thing has done nothing but try to just accomplish his goals and not hurt anybody. <laughs> He's been paying for stuff. He's literally been just kind of shooting around people. <laughs> shooting at rather at things that they're trying to use to kill him. And threatening people. That's, that's all he's been doing. <sighs> Roland ignored Mort's increasing shrieks of pain as his shirt, undershirt, and jacket began to burn more briskly. Which I found funny because it's like he talks about, of course, running down the stairs into the subway station and people are just like getting out of his way. And you have to realize there's this guy, this richy rich looking guy strapped with guns and now he's on fire <laughs> and everyone else is like okay man on fire this is new york but this is getting a little bad a little bit much to which he gets down into the subway takes off the coat pulls down his pants and shoves all the bullets and the k-flax into his underwear yes he just he throws all the guns off to the side starts stripping Puts everything in his underwear and puts the pants back up and then starts running again. Pretty much just holding his crotch so that nothing falls out. That's what you see in New York, apparently. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> interesting there, Roland. He, of course, strips off the jacket, which is on fire. But his shirt's still burning and he's like, nope, that's fine. No, I'm good. I'm good. Jacket's not done. I'm good. So, <laughs> uh... He pretty much, and of course, you know where he's heading. He's heading straight for the platform. Mm -hmm. And he's like, he had no way of knowing if it was a train which kept the same route as one which had run over Odetta. But all the same, he did know. In matters of the tower, fate became a thing as merciful as the lighter which had saved his life and as painful as the fire the miracle had ignited. Like the wheels of the oncoming train, it followed a course both logical and crushingly brutal. A course against which only steel and sweetness could stand. So yeah, that's when he pulls up his pants and just starts running. Yeah, I had written that little snippet down as well. Yeah. I thought it was pretty nifty. But just... the fact, cause You're just in a station. You see a guy walk down on fire, starts <laughs> stripping, and then runs towards the platform straight towards an oncoming train holding his balls. I just, I, I don't, I, I know this is New York, but even that's Things are getting bit. pretty strange. Yeah. <laughs> and then Mort's like, put me out, put me out before I burn up. I highly doubt that that's the highest concern you should have right now. You ought to burn, the gunslinger thought grimly. What's going to happen to you is more merciful than you deserve. Oh, yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> S 
So he's running headlong off the platform, and that's when he... The plan that he's had for this entire time he was gone finally comes into play. Finally. Finally. Mm. He sent out every bit of his mental force towards the lady. He had no idea if such telepathy command could be heard, or even... Or if the hearer could even or be complied to obey, but he sent it just the same. A swift, sharp arrow of thought. The door. Look through the door now. And of course, you finally get the people around him going, Oh my goodness, he's going to jump. Maybe someone should stop him. So mm-hmm. there are people trying to at least grab him while he's doing this, and no one no one can hold on to him. So he's he's still going. And he said, as he fell, he called her, them, again. Odetta Holmes, Detta Walker, look now. As he called, as the train bore down upon him, its wheels turning with merciful silver speed, the gunslinger finally turned his head and looked back through the door and directly into her face. Faces. Both of them. I see both of them at the same time. And of course, the last thing you hear from Ward is, No! No! Mark streaked, and in his last split second before the train ran him down, cutting him in two, not above the knees, but in the waist, Roland lunged at the door and threw it. Jack Mort died alone. Yes! <laughs> Bastard. Yeah. Finally! It's like when you're watching a movie and you're just like, please let him die. Just let him die. Uh, The box of ammunition and pills appeared uh, beside Roland's physical body. His hands clenching... Spasmatically? Sure. At them and relaxed. The gunslinger forced himself up, aware that he was wearing his sick, throbbing body again. Aware that Eddie Dean was screaming. Aware that Odetta was... Oh, he was screaming, and Odetta was shrieking in two voices. He looked only for a moment and saw exactly what he had heard. Not one woman, but two. Both were legless, both dark-skinned, both women of great beauty. Nonetheless, one of them was a hag. Her interior ugliness not hidden by her outer beauty, but enhanced by it. So pretty much, he sees this, and then of course it's like, oh yeah, Eddie... <laughs> Oh yeah, and he's down by the, the by the the water, about to eat, be yes. eaten by the lofstrosities. The sun was down; darkness had come, and so pretty much we get a short little snippet of Detta looking through the door and actually seeing herself for the first time. So she was here; she was there in the gunslinger's eyes. She heard the oncoming train. Odetta, she screamed, suddenly understanding everything, what she was and when it had happened. Detta, she screamed, suddenly understanding everything, what she was and who had done it. A brief sensation of being turned inside out, and then a much more agonizing one. She was being torn apart. So Roland goes down to try to save Eddie, but of course he's not in his... Body, the right kind of body anymore. <laughs> no, he's not doing well. No, it's just pretty much it's he tries to yank at Eddie, but of course, as he yanks at Eddie, Eddie starts strangling, so he's just it's not it's not going so well. 
Maybe it wasn't so bad, he thought. He had staked everything, and that was all he had lost. The thunder of his own guns filled him with stupid wonder. So he he tried to put everything into strangling Eddie. <laughs> I'm sorry, saving Eddie, but really strangling Eddie. The two women lay face to face, bodies raised like snakes about to strike, fingers with identical prints, locked around, throats marked with identical lines. The woman was trying to kill her, but the woman was not real. No more than a girl had been real. She was a dream created by a falling brick, but now the dream was real. The dream was clawing her throat and trying to kill her as the gunslinger tried to save his friend. The dream made real was screeching obscenities, uh, yeah, screeching obscenities and raining hot spittle into her face. I took the blue plate and then a whole bunch of other yeah. stuff. Pretty mm. much she tried to justify that she took the plate because the woman is the reason why she got hit by a brick. It was all her fault. She broke the plate. She broke the guys that she was with. She stole from all these places because they sold all this cheap jewelry to all these rich, fancy white people. Meanwhile, everyone else was starving and hungry. And so that was her. She deserved it. Like, everyone deserved it. And she was the one that was going to give it to them. Oh, yeah. Kill her, Odetta thought. And knew she could not. She could not. She could no more kill the hag and survive than the hag could kill her and walk away. They could choke each other to death while Eddie and the Roland, really bad man, (laughs) one who called them, were eaten alive down there by the edge of the water. That would finish all of them. Or she could love, hate, let go. Odetta let go of Odetta's throat. Ignored the fierce hands startling her, crushing her windpipe. Instead of using her own hands to choke, she used them to embrace the other. And then Edda's not very happy about this. And Edda's like, nope. <laughs> no, you leave me alone. And it's just, she's just hugging her. It says, I, she could only whisper in the witch woman's ear, I love you. For a moment, the hands tightened into a killing noose and then loosened and then were gone. She was being turned inside out again and then suddenly, blessedly, she was whole. For the first time since a man named Jack Mort had dropped a brick on the head of a child who was only there to be hit because a white taxi driver had taken one look and driven away and had not her father in his pride refused to try again for fear of a second refusal, she was whole. She was Odetta Holmes, but the other? And then Detta's pretty much just like, okay, we're cool now. Go save them. <laughs> Hurry up or they're going to be dinner. Yep. She, she, uh, she had been one. She had been two. Now the gunslinger had drawn a third from her. Why don't we still get the nice little reveal? I guess I'll feel yeah. a bit further. We're almost there. <laughs> So pretty much now we're back at Eddie and Roland. They're pretty much just like trying to swat these things away. It's not going well. Roland's like half dead already. (laughs) He's really not doing well. And then suddenly they just start exploding. Oh yeah. Exploding is definitely the right word. Roland's guns are going off and just killing anything. 
And then the lobstrosity was a splatter of shell and green guts flying into the dark air. He twisted around and saw a woman whose beauty was heart-stopping, whose fury was heart-freezing. And then, of course, Roland's like, oh, hey, they're actually kind of smart, I guess. And because they're realizing they're not winning, so they need to go. (laughs) They're retreating because they're all dying. (laughs) The others ran back toward the water even faster. It seemed they had lost their appetite. Meanwhile, Eddie was strangling. And, of course, Roland is sitting there trying to help with the rope. And she's, I got this. I got this. She cuts him free. Yeah. I'll take care of it. There was a knife in her hand. His knife. Take care of what, he thought, as his consciousness faded. What is it you'll take care of now that we're both at your mercy? Who are you, he husked. And as darkness deepened, I mean, as darkness deeper than night began to take him. I am three women, he heard her say. And it was as if she were speaking to him from the top of a deep well onto which he was falling. I who was, I who had no right to be, but was, I am the woman who you have saved. I thank you, gunslinger. She kissed him. He knew that, but for a long time after, Roland only knew darkness. Dun, dun, dun. To which we conclude the fourth chapter. Yes. And we're so close in the book, it's not even funny. How's our time? I think it's fine. Yeah. Okay. We got time. We can we can manage this, but I'm gonna worry about it. <laughs> okay. Not too much. So we are at the final shuffle, the last section of the second book. Yep. In we my made book, it. It's 399 page. Page number 399. Oh, mine is 463. I mean, we we're starting at 399. Oh, I think mine mine's like, 455. Yeah, mine is like 4:06. <laughs> so yes. We open up on the final shuffle. For the first time in what seemed like a thousand years, the gunslinger was not thinking about the dark tower. He thought only about the deer which had come down to the pool in the woodland clearing. He sighted over the fallen log with his left hand. Meat, he thought. So, missed, he thought, in the millisecond following the shot. It's gone. All my skill. Gone. The deer fell dead at the edge of the pool. Soon the tower would fill him again, but now he only blessed what gods there were, that his aim was still true, and the thought of meat and meat and meat. Need meat. Yeah. Meat. They, Anything but the stupid lobsters. Yes, they have been eating lobsters and drinking dirty ass water for, I think it said, it's, um, six days. Yeah, for six days following the confrontation at the beach. Mm-hmm. So, he's, they still have all those sores that they were getting. Like, just, they, 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 they need real food. They need something different. <laughs> Can't just only lobster forever. Uh, I'm getting well, he thought with some amazement. As he drew his knife, I'm really getting well. He didn't see the woman standing behind him, watching with assessing brown eyes. They didn't eat nothing but lobster. Yeah. Yeah. And it said, uh, Roland remembered very little of that time. He had been raving delirious. He sometimes called Eddie Elaine, sometimes Cuthbert, and always he called the woman Susan. 
His fever had abated little by little, and they began the laborious trek into the hills. So, Eddie pushed the woman in the chair some of the time, and sometimes Roland rode in it while Eddie carried her piggyback. Most of the time, they made, the way made it impossible for either to ride, and the maid, that made the going slow. Roland knew how exhausted Eddie was. The woman knew, too, but Eddie never complained. Yep, and so that that's pretty much like they had food. It was lobster meat. Just more and more lobster meat. But then they started finding grass. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter what it was, as long as it was green, they were going to eat it. <laughs> so Roland woke up one time. And yeah. Happened to see them pulling at some grass. He knew a little too well. <laughs> yes. And croaked that they should never. No, not that he croaked. Never that. Mark it and remember it. Never that. <laughs> Because it was devil grass. She looked at him for a long moment and put it aside without asking for an explanation. The gunslinger lay back, cold with the closeness of it. Some of the other grasses might kill them, but what the woman had pulled would damn her. It had been devil weed. Okay, don't be eating that devil weed. (laughs) Not good stuff for you. So pretty much, they were like, we got the sores and stuff to go away with this grass. You know, any... Side effects from the K-Flex was taken care of by the grass, but they needed real meat. <laughs> to which he found the deer. Yep. Good old deer. To which he tried to cut open with his dumb, or his right hand that wasn't working so well. Oh, I just love that you are going to learn to be smart. He's holding his <laughs> left hand. Prepared to cut again deeper. Yes. You dumb left hand. That's how I feel about my left hand most of the time. Yeah. You, you dumb dumb. Yeah. You dumb dumb. <laughs> He, he switched the knife to his stupid hand <laughs> and managed to clumsily cut the deer's groin to his chest. But yeah, it's just like, because he's like this, pretty much. He's like, that's not working. So, okay, we're going to go with this. Well, it's more like. Yeah. Mm. The fingers don't work very well. So, yeah, Neither. then he. He picks up it, he picks up the knife, and it's like, okay, we're going to do this, and just... (laughs) That's where you first get to hear this name. Yes. Uh, Two brown hands clothed over his one and took the knife. Rolla looked around. I'll do it, Susanna said. Have you ever? No, but you'll tell me how. All right. Meat, she said, and smiled at him. Yes, he said, smiling back. Meat. What's happening, Eddie called. I heard a shot. Thanksgiving in the making, she called back. Come help. Later, they ate like two kings and a queen, and as the gunslinger drowsed towards sleep, yeah, he thought that this was the closest he had come to contentment in too many years to count. He slept and dreamed of the tower again. Yes, of course. <laughs> it's, it's the tower. We're back to the tower now. The tower. Gotta be the tower. Always the tower. It was the tower. The dark tower. So we get this picture of, of course, the tower and these ghosts of all the people who's ever died around him or who's ever loved are just kind of going up to this tower and disappearing inside and going up a spiral staircase and he's just, they're come, calling Roland. to him. Roland, come. <laughs> I come, he whispered. And awoke sitting bolt upright, sweating and shivering as the fever still held his flesh. Roland. Eddie. Yes? Bad dream? 
Bad, good, dark. The tower. Yes. Always the tower. Yes. They looked towards Susanna, but she slept on undisturbed. Uh, once there had been a woman named Odetta Susanna Holmes. Later, there had been another named Detta Susanna Walker. Now, there was a third. Susanna Dean. Guess you went ahead and just took yeah, his name. I was about to say, because for some reason, like, for the longest time, like, even as we started rereading this book, these books, I forgot how she had gotten the name Susanna. Like, because I remember the six mm-hmm. books called Susanna, Song of Susanna, and I knew her name was Susanna, but I was like, but where did she make that from? I forgot it was her middle no, name. Yeah, I didn't remember until this came yeah. back up again. Yeah. And then, of course, like, we don't even... Okay, so she just... They don't... First, they mentioned her name without even explaining who she was. And now they she has Eddie's last name. And we're just going to yeah, go with it. I think this is new person. She decided to take on a new last name. And yeah. she's clearly with Eddie at this I point. I was about to so. say, I, I, I highly doubt she just conveniently picked well, I was saying, no, I was saying is that they already really... Yes. Odetta and Eddie really, really loved each other. Yeah. And therefore, it was just like, I need a new name... Susanna, my middle name. It was the common thing between both. And then Dean, Dean, his last name. And just just go with it. Yes. So pretty much, it's... I I pretty much love this part. Like, from the, him and Roland talking through this entire thing. Because Eddie is fully gaining the weight of this entire journey. He, it, he knew from the beginning. He had inklings from the beginning. But this is when he's confronting Roland again, except this time he has Susanna to worry about. Fully his Susanna. <laughs> and now that he has someone to protect, the idea that Roland is royally going to mess things up is just killing him. Get our Roland. Good old Roland. Eddie asked, do you know where we're going? To the tower. Well, yeah, Eddie said. That's like me being some ignoramus from Texas with a romance saying I'm going to Aachen? Aiken. Aiken. Aiken, Alaska. Where is it? Which direction? Bring me my purse. <laughs> Eddie did. Susanna stirred. Eddie paused. Mm, paused. His face red, plain, the black shadows. Blah, 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 blah. Came back. Rolling. Rolling through his purse. Heavy now. Shells. Blah, blah, blah. The jawbone. The jawbone. There it is. The jawbone. The jawbone of the man in black. We'll stay here a while, he said. I'll get well. You'll know when you are? Roland smiled a little. He shaked. Shakes were abating, the sweat drying in the cool night breeze. But still, in his mind, he saw the fingers and I blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I won't, he said, and nodded at Susanna. But she will. I don't really know what that means. But, I, I don't know either, but it's like, uh. He looked at Eddie. It will speak again. It's dangerous, Eddie. Or, well, this, oh, he held a job on. This spoke once. It'll speak again. Well, what? before that, like when you're going blah, 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 blah. Okay. Is that um, it said that his shakes and stuff were abating, but still he was he was still seeing visions in his head. So he was still seeing all the knights and his friends and all the ghosts and stuff. And it says, he saw the shadow of the tower in which they were pent struck black and long across a plain of blood and death and merciless trial. And that's when he's like, I won't. He said and nodded at Susanna, but she will. I think she. he's just kind of hinting that she has just a different kind of perception. 
Eddie's just kind of, it's kind of like how, you know, well, you think Eddie would know too since he's a junkie, where he was a junkie, but says, this once spoke, he looked at Eddie, it will speak again. It's dangerous, Eddie's voice was flat. Yes, not just to you. No. I love her, man. Yes, if you hurt her, I'll do what I need to do, the gunslinger said. And we don't matter? Is that it? I love you both. The gunslinger looked at Eddie, and Eddie saw that Roland's cheeks glistened red in what remained of the campfire's embered dying glow. He was weeping. That doesn't answer the question. You'll go on, won't you? Yes. To the very end? Yes, to the very end. No matter what? Eddie looked at him with love and hate and all the aching dearness of one man's dying, hopeless, helpless reach for another man's mind and will and need. You sound like Henry. He had begun to cry himself. He didn't want to. He hated to cry. He had a a tower too, only it wasn't dark. The white tower, the poisonous. Says, it killed him. It would have killed me. You saw me. You saved more than my life. You saved my soul. So what? Saddle up again? Go on and meet the man again? But yeah. So pretty much it's just... Eddie is trying to plead with him. Like, I understand that you feel like you need this, but we are here. We're alive. We are with you. It says, I've been dirty, man. If I found out anything, it's that I don't want to die dirty. It's not the same. No? You gonna tell me you're not hooked? Roland said nothing. Who's gonna come through some magic door and save you, man? Do you know? I do. No one. You drew all you could draw. Only thing you can draw from now on is a gun, because that's all you got left, just like Balazar. But then he's like, you want to know the only thing my brother ever had to teach me? His voice was hitching and thick with tears. Yes, the gunslinger said. He leaned forward, his eyes intent upon Eddie's eyes. He taught me, if you kill what you love, you're damned. I am damned already, Roland said calmly. But perhaps even the damned may be saved. Are you going to get all of us killed? We all die in time. (laughs) Way to go, Roland. It's not just the world that moves on. He looked squarely at Eddie, his faded blue eyes, almost the color of slate in the light. But we will be magnificent, he paused. There's more than a world to win, Eddie. I would not risk you and her. I would not have allowed the boy to die if that was all there was. What are you talking about? Everything there is, the gunslinger said calmly. We are going to go, Eddie. We are going to fight. We are going to be hurt. And in the end, we shall stand. That was Eddie who said nothing. He could think of nothing to say. Roland gently grasped Eddie's arm. Even the damned love, he said. Eddie eventually slept beside Susanna. Says, Roland sat awake and listened to the voices in the night while the wind dried the tears on his cheeks. Damnation, salvation, the tower. He would come to the dark tower and there he would sing their names. He would sing their names. There he would sing all their names. <sighs> the end of book one, two, three. 
Hurry! <laughs> yes, we are. That is the end of book two. All that was left in the book is the afterword, which is pretty much him saying that Roland has been haunting him for seventeen years. It's still funny in this. It says this is the second of six or, or seven, seven books. <laughs> We know it now. It's definitely seven. Could you imagine if he ended at six? <laughs> to like what? <laughs> cut out part. Of, cut out wolves of Kala. <laughs> cut out wolves of Kala and just slide well, went through the. the inf- well, the information, the important stuff of wolves of Kala. Keep that kind of pass through the town a little easier and combine it with songs. Of Literally, Santa. just take all the crap from wolves of Kala, throw it out. Slide, went through the keyhole in there, tag on the stuff that was important in Wolves of Kala, and you have an entire book. Because that's pretty much Roland telling a backstory anyway, so it's like... But do we need a backstory after a backstory? I'm just saying. Like I said, just take the important things from Wolves of Kala and You know how tiny-ass that book would be? It'd probably be smaller than the first and one. And combine it <laughs> with Songs of Susanna. Because Songs of Susanna also small. Yeah. Compared to all the books, it is rev- relatively small. Especially yeah. when you look at it compared to the last book. Yeah. And the book that came before it. Because Wolf's Call is huge, and the Song of Zana is tiny, and then the last one's huge. Well, we need to wrap up. Yes. Because I'm not stopping this thing. We started <laughs> again. Okay. And we have a minute and a half. Well, do your outro. Really hope y'all enjoyed it. We're loving it. It was fantastic to get through this book again. Our next book is whatever it's called. The Wastelands. The Wasteland, which is also a fantastic book. And we get around to some great, great things in that one. I cannot wait. Finally, the gang's all here. Yes. And that we are makes it awesome. ready to start our adventure. Yes, which is now, awesome. We are also ready to kick it off. Let's go. Right. As always, you can reach me at Stars Untraveled. Reach Amanda at KZ Pop. Reach the show at Beyond Our Focus on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, podcast services, and YouTube. <sighs> Comment down below. Let us know what you thought of the video. Please like the video and subscribe to the channel. Any final thoughts? Get ready for next week because it's going to be amazing. We don't know how we're doing next week. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll go over it next week, how we're going over <laughs> next week because we're not even sure yet. That book's slightly different. Yes. But... Till next time, long days and pleasant nights.